Hello listeners, I'm Jane Nicola, your host, and you've tuned in to SoundVibe. A special thanks to those who've contacted me to share your thoughts and suggestions about recent pod episodes. I also now have a Facebook page and you can check me out at Jane Nicola SoundVibe Podcast. Well, in this pod, I speak with Tudor Chocanel, who is a guitar luthier from Romania. He shares his thoughts and life in living in China over the past eight years and how he started to craft guitars. So sit back and enjoy the show. Tudor, good to see you. Hi, good to see you too. And where are you now? Where are you speaking from? Ningbo, China. And how's life there at the moment? Calm. Um, everything has restarted after COVID and after the New Year's uh, celebrations. And uh, we're just waiting to uh, get back to the full China lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. So I've got quite a few questions about you. You're a fascinating guy, living in Ningbo, making guitars. But how did this all start, your passion for music? I'm not really sure. Uh, I've always liked listening to music, so that's one point. Uh, Then, um, well, there's a story my mom always tells me, like when we were in the market, place there was this toy guitar and i really really wanted it and she's like no you can't have it we don't have money or whatever and uh, maybe that uh, that uh that one stuck with me <laughs> uh, made me as obsessed with guitars did it stick with you because you couldn't have the guitar exactly like if uh, maybe she if she had bought it i would have <laughs> get into it and so where are you from romania and whereabouts in Romania? Uh, there's this little town called Tugovice, um, associated with uh, Dracula. Wow. That makes it very exciting, Tudor. Did you ever see Dracula around? Mm, no, only uh, at night. Uh, he only comes in. But he's okay. Glad it's not all the time. So how did you end up making guitars? Did it start out there in Romania? No, um, I only started learning to play guitar in high school. Ah. And uh, yeah, I had like a little acoustic guitar, then bought some electric guitars. And uh, you know how it goes. You get from one to five real fast. Uh, Then I came to China. I wasn't I wasn't into making it. Uh, when I was in Romania, maybe I had uh, uh, a friend who repaired guitars for me. And uh, I had another friend who made guitars actually, but um, not 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 like uh, from scratch. He would just customize or um, rebuild from uh, various uh, instruments into one. Mm. Like you made me this resonator, and I gave you that uh, recording of me playing uh, Bach on the lap steel. That that one was made by him. Um, he he was a painter who uh, painted churches. Um, yeah. So anyway, after after that, 
I came to China when I was about 25. Uh, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Two years later, I was, you know, uh, going around Taobao like we all do. And I saw all this wood. <laughs> I found, I started finding a lot of wood in uh, guitar, guitar making tools, including like a, a whole, a whole set. And it just uh, fascinated me. Like I could buy for $500, like all I need to make a guitar. And uh, you know, I thought about it for a few months. Uh, I read books for a few months more. And then I, I bought that set and started. And how did it go in the early days? Did you pick it up quite quickly or did it take time? Oh, in the early days. Uh, well, the first guitar I made uh, was like this. So I would, uh, you'd have like an operation, say you have to uh, brace the top. Well, how do you cut everything? And uh, how do you put the, the braces exactly there? I mean, I had, had templates, I had uh, everything, but uh, it's more complicated than just putting it on there, you know? Um, so I would go on YouTube the night before, uh, watch a couple of videos, maybe three, as many as I could, actually, uh, of various people doing it. And then I'd go the next day in the morning, wake up, do it. <laughs> Fail maybe. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, I I think I couldn't put the top on uh, my first guitar uh, for a few weeks. I was getting really frustrated. Like I was making all these errors, and I I had to do that operation maybe five times. Then there was another issue with dovetails. Like it's a complicated joint, and uh, I had never done woodworking before. I still don't do woodworking. Like I just make guitars. I, I can't make a box or whatever. People ask me to, to make stuff for them, like frames or boxes. I don't know. Just make guitars. Um, yeah. So yeah, the dovetail was a little complicated too. I messed up uh, that first guitar because of the dovetail. Uh, then I messed up another one, but I fixed that one. Maybe around uh, sixth, sixth guitar. I, I was pretty confident with with that one too. I got better and better after that too. Mm -hmm. but. Your guitars are very distinctive. Like when I was in Shanghai and I saw some guitars selling, and I knew immediately they were yours because your style seems very unique. The style itself is um, a mixture of a lot of uh, influences. Uh, for example, the holes are from another luthier, like uh, 
I don't know how I got that idea actually, because I found him later, but I think I was go- just going through a uh, Pinterest. I was going through mm. Pinterest at various uh, hole placements and designs and so on. And eventually I, uh, I tried uh, the two holes on top. Um, mm. Yeah. And, those those evolved further after that first guitar mm. they they keep evolving and they keep uh, changing i i never do anything uh, the same like exactly the same so it's it's all mm. each each project is uh, different in a way do you have favorite wood that you like to work with definitely there's this one paduk terocarpus oyauxi and Pterocarpus tinctorius. Uh, there's like a lot of species of paduk, but these are African paduk. Um, very, very common in China, mm. actually. And it's very easy to find straight grain or mm. perfectly uh, quarter sawn, which is very important for acoustic guitars and for necks. It sounds almost like Brazilian mm. rosewood. Like it sounds a lot better than Indian rosewood, which is religiously used by companies and uh, the type of luthiers that produce the same thing over and over. One thing came to mind is after you spent this time making the guitar and and then you perhaps give it away or you sell it, do you have ever have any feelings of regret or sadness in letting it go or is it just pure pleasure that you've it's time to time to get rid of it and make a new one? Um, I was talking to uh, another uh, carpenter who made uh, um, cabinets and stuff. There's a, a little joy you get when you sell something, even if you really like it. Like uh, maybe seventy percent of what I've made was uh, made thinking I'm gonna make this one for myself. Mm. But right after that, I just go like, I want to sell it. Or if someone says, Hey, how much do you want for that for that guitar? I'm gonna just sell it right away. It's it's a little <laughs> joy. You feel good because uh, someone even wants what you made. So whatever. I was going to ask, what kind of customers buy your guitars, and have you had a favorite customer? Definitely not the very picky ones, because, like I said, everything I do is all different. So I don't make jigs to uh, make the same part over and over again. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of mistakes. There's going to be a lot of scratches, whatever. Uh, finishing, again, is not my primary concern when I make mm. instruments. So uh, a lot of customers will, a lot of customers, a lot of people will, will just go like, oh, this guitar uh, doesn't look good. So it, it's probably not good quality. The type of guys that will buy from me are... Um, you know, the, the type of guys that are into vintage stuff or um, just the players who don't care about finishing. They just want a, a, a good guitar or a, a very different sound guitar because there's a lot of people who have like 10, 20 guitars. They have good guitars, you know, but this one sounds a little different from the Martin, from the Taylor or whatever. Mm. And what's it been like to be an expat in China? Because how many years have you been here now? I've been here eight years. 
something like that. Eight, nine years. It's quite a long time. It, it, it's funny. It's funny. We always talk about this. There's a certain freedom you don't have. It's a certain freedom you don't have in other countries, in China. Uh, but then again, there's a lot of things that you might want from the other countries. Yeah, but overall, it's it's cool. This would be my life. I've always liked those uh, 90s movies with Jean-Claude Van Damme and uh, uh, all those uh, stupid fighting movies or action movies from the 90s where they go to Vietnam or Thailand or uh, Southeast Asia. And uh, uh, um, in a way, you get that exoticism from when, when you're here. And you feel cool about it some, somehow, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, I yeah. miss I miss uh, good pastry and uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Other than that, I'm funny. Yeah. And coming to your home, it's very very homely, you know, with your guitars everywhere and your amazing workshop or studio maker space. Uh, it, it feels very homely to come. Thanks. So, so what about China itself? Have you traveled much? No. No, not really. When I was in Wenzhou or something, no, Guanghua, somewhere in the mountains in Ningbo, they took me to these uh, cities. Uh, I don't even know what the city names were. Uh, but they were all the same. Uh, you know, a great park uh, with a great lake, uh, a nice bamboo forest somewhere in there. And uh, the bridges over the rivers, uh, they're all the same. But yeah, I mean, it's cool. They look cool. But if I go to another city, it's going to be the same thing. So I'm fine with that. Uh, I mean, I would like to go to uh, the Great Wall or uh, Guilin or um, uh, that's about it. Xi'an. Yeah, then they're good places to visit. There are some places to visit, but I, I don't have much free time. And when I do, it's just super overly crowded. I don't want to get into that. Yeah. Uh, or you have to pick, oh, I really wanted to go to the desert, Taklamakan, stuff like that, you know. Mm. But it's like a few thousand dollars per, per total. Like you have to pay a guy. You have to, I don't know. Yeah. It's just like it's in China. I could just go there, but all all the logistics of it makes makes it uh, un, un unappealing. Yeah, and through through the last three years, obviously with sort of the restrictions and COVID, did that change your lifestyle at all, or did you develop anything new through that time because of the restrictions? Uh, as a guitar maker, I I evolved because I had more time to stay at home. But I did get locked out in 2020, which uh, was a sad time. Mm. I got I got locked out of China. Yeah, 
Oh. Uh, it was cool, actually, because uh, I, I got to thinking about it, too. And I got to come back with some really good wood from Europe for arch tops. And that's how when I got into arch, arch tops. I came back thinking, I'm going to take this uh, a step further. And I got into arch tops. And actually, that got me some uh, cool publicity. <laughs> so when you were locked out, were you back in Romania? And that's when they clamped down suddenly and the borders closed because COVID was getting really bad. Yeah. All right. And the arch tops evolved. Yeah. I, I got into making arch tops. And it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of work, more work than usual guitars. And they're more expensive, but um, they're a lot cooler to make. When you carve the top, you can do whatever you like, and that will change the sound alone besides the other factors. Is that the kind of guitar that Django Reinhardt would have played? No, that would be, be a gypsy guitar. Ah, the arch tops are, are the ones that, that uh, jazz players do. Jazz players play like uh, West Montgomery. And um, what kind of music do you like to play? I like finger style, like um, Tim Sparks, Peter Finger, the old school kind of finger style. You know, maybe uh, Balkan stuff. I got a lot of stuff from Fernando Perez from Spain. Um, he does world music, Indian. He has a lot of lessons on slide guitar from mm. India, more, more Sufi music, Turkish music, and so on. I, I really want to learn some of that too. And I got into making microtonal uh, fetlets for guitars too. Musicians in Ningbo that you hang out with, or from anywhere else? And- yeah, I have like a group of, uh, of Chinese uh, guitar players from here. Sometimes we have jam sessions at the Time Beacon, the Lighthouse. Uh, we used to have before COVID. We used to have another jam session, weekly yeah. jam session in a yeah in a guitar shop, but uh, that yeah. stopped after yeah. COVID. And I just wondered, what advice would you give to others who are um, looking to buy a guitar? Mm, (laughs) Um, I don't know, uh, because everyone has their own... uh, Preference? Preference, uh, target sound. uh, 
Um, so yeah, it's it's complicated, and usually I give people advice on how what to buy, uh, and they just completely disregard. <laughs> I've done that, but I can remember once when I was in London and I bought a guitar near Denmark Street, and uh, the guitar that I brought, I think it was was it a Takamini, and it was a classical, but you could plug it in, and I discovered that it had a crack in the neck that could never be fixed. And I think it had been glued and that I didn't ever uh, recognize it because there's no way I dropped it. So having had that experience, and luckily I did have insurance, but you know, I was training in classical guitar and doing all the grades. So it was quite serious. I did need a good quality guitar. So is there any advice when people go into the shops? You know, I mean, I'm not always the most aware. I just think, oh, that's a beautiful color or I like the sound of that, but I don't actually look at the uh, making of the guitar. I don't know what to look out for. Is there any tips you can give? Um, if if you see any sort of distance, so, uh, we let's do acoustic guitars because uh, they're simpler. So if you look at the distance, uh, uh, if you look at the dovetail part, like here, like this, there should be like no space whatsoever, and you might see, or uh, over here also. Again, no space. This is important. Also, then action. Sure, uh, like pro players, they like the high action if they're not uh, shredders. But pro players like the high action because they can dig in. Uh, but right. I think they like a good guitar should still come in like a low action or medium, medium low, something like that. And then you could. Uh, do the adjustments. Then another thing, oh, this is a resonator, so you won't be able to see. But here, uh, the saddle, the saddle on an acoustic guitar should be high, like, because uh, then yeah. the neck is going to drop at some point. That way you still have a little bit of thing, like you, have, you still have a little bit of height to take off of from. With a high saddle, the tone is going to be better too, like, because it's further away and just a like the guy who made it uh, did the geometry of it a lot better. So if you have like a low saddle mm. sticking out of the bridge, just a little bit of saddle sticking out of the bridge, then that's not going to have a long life for the great tone. Mm. Oh, and another thing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> another thing for the next. Yeah. Look for straight grain and uh, it should look like it's quarter song, especially for electric guitars. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll share a link in the podcast because obviously people won't be able to see some of what you've described. Some of them will know about it. But just for those tips, we can put a link in the podcast as well. That'll be handy. Is there anything that you'd like to share that perhaps I haven't asked you? Tips or stories that you'd like to share? Perhaps for a young guitar maker who's keen to get into. No, don't get into it if you don't have money to burn. <laughs> It's not something to. It's not something to make money out of. You know, it takes about um, if you do just one, you could finish it in a month. But it depends on what finish you're gonna apply to it. It's gonna take like another month. Okay. So your advice for a young guitar maker is don't get into it because it's not worth the money. Anything else? If you're gonna get into it, you're gonna do it regardless of what they say. So. Well, that's very encouraging, Tudor. Thank you for that. Yeah. 
You've been listening in to Tudor Chocanel speaking about his life as a guitar luthier. And if you'd like to hear more about other creative entrepreneurs around the globe doing their thing, you might like to subscribe to Sound Vibe. That way we can keep updated with my monthly releases. Till next time. Sound Vibe. Sound Vibe. Sound Vibe.